and welcome back to the On Justice podcast. It's Lauren, and with me today we have Steph, Albo, Pascal, and a guest, Victoria, from the Esprit de Course Project. Hi guys! Hi! Hi! Do you mind introducing yourself for our lovely audience out here? Uh, hi, my name is Victoria. I'm a grade 11 student here at ISB. Um, I'm originally Polish and I came to France uh, in 2020 in grade 10. Um, it was my first time at an international school, so it's definitely much different, but I'm really happy to be here and to have so many opportunities. Like the project that I organize and I'm currently leading, which is this Prix de Corps project, um, which aims to spread awareness about the refugee crisis um, in France, but also generally in Europe, um, and also help refugees in Paris. That's great. Thank you so much for being here. So today, big tone switch from last week's episode. Um, We've all seen what's going on in the world. We know how much of a mess it seems to be. And we'll just preface this episode by saying we're not news reporters, but we can tell you some people who are. If you want more information, make sure you check out BBC World, Al Jazeera, The Guardian, Vox, France 24, or any other reputable news source to find out what's going on. We'll have some linked in the description and on our website. So Victoria, would you like to explain what brings you here today? I started working on my project in grade 10 um, after my French immersion class where we had a small fundraiser um, for local refugees. Uh, I was inspired to do something bigger and something even more meaningful. And I feel like that experience really empowered me to take matters to my own hands and start my own project. And um, here I am now, um, almost a year later, uh, still growing my initiative and working with um, other people, such as your podcast, to spread awareness and, and inform others about um, the project. With that said, let's get into it. All right, so the crisis in Ukraine has had immense impact on obviously the people in Ukraine, and it has caused a new refugee crisis um, with over, I want to say 2 million, uh, with over 2 million people leaving Ukraine um, for other countries uh, throughout Europe. Uh, The crisis has been very documented on uh, various news sources, and it has raised other issues or other concerns regarding the treatment of refugees and also uh, exactly who gets helped and who doesn't. Yeah, I feel like you brought up such an important part of the refugee crisis because there are so many people who are willing to help um, on the borders, but also citizens. Um, For example, my family in Poland is also trying to help Um, Ukrainian refugees coming into the country. But there are certain aspects that we might not see, such as the discrimination against foreign students in Ukraine who are not being treated the same way Ukrainian refugees are. And it's, it's very sad because, for example, I started my project before the Ukrainian crisis. And initially I was focusing more on Syrian and Afghan refugees. And Back then, even though there was still a crisis, not many people were talking about it. And, and even if we look back a couple months ago, 
uh, the borders of Poland and Belarus where Afghan refugees were being thrown out and not being let into the country for different reasons and they were being discriminated and I'm sometimes I'm just upset that the media didn't cover that topic as much and and the violence and the hate against those people was being swept under a rug whereas now we have so much media coverage which again it's it's very important and and it's great but how come are we looking only at this crisis and not at refugees all around the world? Um, so a, a quick little disclaimer here. We all here at the in the On Justice group, we all realize that the coverage of the Ukrainian crisis is extremely important, as Victoria said. But we do want to bring attention to the discrepancies in the coverage of this of this crisis compared to other crises. You know, we we do realize, that, of course, people are going to be more interested in what happened yesterday, what is happening today. And that's that's just the nature of news today. And that's a that's a whole other episode. We realize why that is. But I do think that it is important to draw attention to these discrepancies because this is a fundamental social justice issue. It really it brings attention to, to social inequalities that are, are prevalent in every country in the world. It relates to topics that we are constantly trying to address here on this podcast. But I mean, it's really the embodiment of inequality. It's these when we when we see people being discriminated against at a border, Ukrainian refugees who are not white Catholic who are not being allowed into Poland, who are not being allowed into other countries. That's quite literally the embodiment of severe issues that that plague our society today, really. There's also, as Victoria was saying, the representation within media. Ooh, something that we've been talking about a lot recently. When it comes to the representation of the Ukraine-Russia crisis, we have quotes like, these people are Europeans, these people are intelligent, they are educated people. This is not the refugee wave that we have been used to people we are not even sure about their identity, people with unclear pasts who could have even been terrorists. Um, this isn't Iraq or Af- Afghanistan. This is a relatively civilized, relatively European city. These are prosperous middle-class people. They are not obviously refugees trying to get away from the Middle East or North Africa. They look like any European family that you'd live next door to. And these are all from news sources. This is CBS. This is Al Jazeera. This is places where people go to get their news regularly and it's the difference between the mainstream western media and the racism within that and xenophobia honestly in looking at this crisis versus any other and so why is this important the the representation of this crisis compared to other crises with quotes like this isn't like the middle east this is europe this is europe this is a civilized country in quotes um it's it's important because what it does is it normalizes war and conflict and oppression in other countries and it makes it okay for us to ignore those things it makes us it makes it okay for these wars to be happening for these people to be suffering suffering quite literally suffering and but then when it happens in europe that's unacceptable that's not okay it's it's the same people we're we're all we're all living on the planet at the same time it's not okay for some people to be suffering and some people not to not be suffering and so that's the it, that's the issue with the, that representation in the media is that it normalizes it for some people but makes it unacceptable for others 
And I think Alba brings up a really interesting point because I think it's fairly safe to say that people have just become desensitized to, as you say, suffering, war, pain in the Middle East and places that aren't the West in, in Africa. Um, and I mean, we, we have quotes of people saying like, oh, this is such a rare situation, this never happens. But if they're referring to war, that's not true. There has been so much war recently. This is just European war. This is white people bleeding. Um, so if any of you have read um, Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari, well, he, he talks a lot about what unites us as humanity and, and the fact that we're the only species that can really collaborate across continents and across languages and across peoples and in different geographic locations. And, and he explains why we've been able to do that. And, and also what he talks about is the fact that um, one of the other things that unites us is our ability to recognize suffering. And if, if we do nothing else, and if we can't recognize anything else, if we can't work together and, and agree upon anything else, what we can agree upon is when we see suffering and when we can look at another human being and, and see that person suffering. So, so it is really difficult to hear. I haven't heard these quotes that, that you brought up. It, it's really th thinking about his work and, and thinking about what it means to be part of humanity. It's really difficult for me to hear people only recognizing certain only, types of suffering. Yeah, certain types of suffering or suffering only with with people who have a certain skin color or a, a certain ethnic origin. It, it's very difficult for me to process that. And I think this is very much reflected in any kind of news coverage and kind of the social media cycle. Oh my gosh, a war on social media has been the the worst thing I, I think would have happened. As all of us I think, especially right uh, during, right at the beginning of COVID, there was definitely that um, those, that World War Three joke that was going around, you know, mm -hmm. and it definitely it was it was very much just that it was a joke. There really it wasn't as um, serious serious as it, is, as it would be conceived to be now. Exactly. I mean, it was you know all over TikTok the oh I can't be drafted like nah, nah, nah. Um, I mean I saw that joke all over the place, you know. But then I'm I'm seeing it now and I'm seeing people making it about themselves when it's not. You know, people people talking about being drafted, people talking about, um, especially in countries where it has nothing to do with you and it's making it about yourself and it's kind of, it's really taking attention away from people who deserve attention. I just want to say that uh, it is true that um, it, it might've been, you know, some sort of joke uh, people would pursue. But yesterday in my class, uh, it was an economics class, my teacher brought up, just mentioned the sentence, World, World War III is possible. And, and it just really, really touched me in a way, I think the COVID pandemic has touched me. And when I, when I was growing up with, with my grandparents, I would always hear those stories like, you're so lucky to not be growing up during war as I did. And I'm so happy that you get to live in those times. But then, you know, you grow up, you're going through your teenage years and, and everyone is telling you that you're living in this perfect world. But of course, you grow up and you realize it's not as perfect. <laughs> but most importantly, things like COVID or, or the crisis right now happen. And, and you start wondering, am I going to go through similar things that my family went through? I mean, is there a solution? Is there something that, because you, Victoria, you talk a lot about how, and I love your message, is that each person, no matter how little they're able to do, contributes to a bigger effort. 
and that each person should really do what they can and in, in, in the way that they can to, to help. So how can, I mean, if we're talking just about this, because it seems really far away, how can I help stop racism at the border when I'm here in France and the refugees are pouring into Poland? I, what, what can I do myself? What I think, which uh, you might disagree with, is that the problem of uh, racism and xenophobia in Poland is just very, very deeply rooted. Mm. Still hear about, like, a few months ago, I, I heard about um, people screaming very negative things about Jewish people. I, I thought we already went through that. And, and we're not going to say things like that, but I, I'm very embarrassed to say, but Polish people still think that way. Some of them still do. And, and if, you, if any of you have ever been to Poland, it's just white people everywhere. You can maybe see one black person, maybe one Indian person, but that's about it. Mm. That's, that's what you're going to see maybe in the capital, of course. There's a bit more diversity, but in every other city, it's, it's, it's a predominantly white community. So I truly think that um, we should start by surrounding ourselves with people that are different because mm. sometimes I feel like there's so many bad things happening in the world and I and I sort of feel helpless but I know that I, I can't just keep going on with my life being upset about everything but what I can do is surround myself with people who think the way I do who want to make change who who have this mind that is open towards others who are mm. global citizens mm. And, and I feel like here at ISP, this is possible. And so, first of all, start by surrounding yourself with people who are good people. Mm. And then, of course, spread awareness. Because apart from bad people, there are people who just don't know what's happening. And, and I feel like that's where you should start, mm. by educating, by spreading the message. I think that that's such a good point. And I mean, we've definitely uh, talked about having uncomfortable conversations on this podcast and how they're honestly they're hard to have but they're really the key to change um, they're a significant step forwards and it can't be the only step um, that you know conversations are so 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 important just like you said I mean there's so many people in the world who don't know don't, don't, yeah. who just don't know and you know by having that conversation in the first place that leads people to wanting to know more and wanting to take action um, but I do think that you know this crisis definitely does bring up a lot of uncomfortable conversations but it's important to have those because then you know there this crisis has a lot of different perspectives it has uh you know i have russian friends who are honestly horrified by what is happening but they are also being i don't want to say not targeted necessarily but who have been um, who have had comments made about them mm -hmm. where, I mean, they completely disagree with the crisis. Their parents disagree with the crisis. A friend of mine, one of her best friends, she, you know, she worked super hard throughout her high school. She was set for an Ivy League and she said, what is the point? I can't get a visa anyway. You know, that's, they're, they're our age. They're going through the exact same things we are. They're applying to college. They're working. Um, and you know, they're, they're being targeted for a conflict that they had nothing to do with. Uh, I mean, I, I guess this is where we can stick in the point. It's important to remember that this is very Ukraine versus Putin and not Ukraine versus Russia. Although obviously Russia is a country and he's a head of state, the Russian people, like the civilians, they're 
obviously not as much as the people in Ukraine, um, but they are hurt by this in many different ways. There's economic repercussions that are faced where, based on the predictions, people are going to go into extreme poverty in the next couple of years with all the sanctions that are being placed. We have students in the United States and in the UK who fl fled Russia like to get away from the quote-unquote oppressive government. So what about, sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, so, so does this mean that there's going to be a Russian refugee crisis? Oh, there, there's already a Russian exodus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and it, it's only going to increase as the conflict goes on. Which I, I personally haven't heard about. You know what I mean? It's, so it's another one of those kind of. Like, you know, is it, is media, it happening? Is it is yeah, the media yeah, going yeah, to cover yeah, it? Yeah. Is, is, it? Is the media going to cover it? Is the media because no, you're right. There are going to be millions of people suffering. But there's you know there there is this eventual Russian exodus. Then because it's so easy to say, oh, big bad Russia. You mm -hmm. know, big bad everyone in Russia. And that is what the media is going to do. That's what, I mean, that's also just the human response. You, you to have you, a common enemy. You find enemy. something to blame. Exactly. You, do, you don't want this entire conflict to be in the hands of one person. So you're going to blame the country. You're going to say, big bad Russia, big bad Russia. But that oh, is... You oh, you voted for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, please read into the Russian politi polit political system. I... It will be very informative. But even then, with every conflict, it's never an entire population who support a conflict, who oh, support definitely. a person. And I mean, something that I found really interesting, having read some of the Ukrainian president's addresses, um, there have been a couple of addresses that he's made where he's addressing Russia and the people of Russia. And what I think is one of the most interesting comments is, and I roughly quote, the Ukraine that you see on your TVs in Russia is not the, the Ukraine, not that, the Ukraine exists. that exists. It's two different places, and this is again a problem that we've we've always had. Propaganda is a hell of a thing. Propaganda, yeah. because I mean, if if you're only exposed to one side of the conflict, then you're never going to be able to appreciate or comment on the other. Yeah, absolutely. And and what we have to realize is that so many Russians don't have access to the media we do. So the Russians we see in Western countries, uh, or even our friends, they know what is going on. But those people that are there, they don't know. And then there's so many um, videos online of Russian soldiers and, and their parents being called by Ukrainian soldiers. And the parents don't know. The parents don't know. And the soldiers, they don't know. They think this is some sort of training. Some of them, they don't even know what they're fighting for. And that's what's extremely sad. Bit of a change of topic, but it kind of brings things together a bit. But you did a really interesting webinar where you had um, someone who's from, was, was she from UNESCO? Yeah, UNESCO. UNESCO, and then you had an actual uh, refugee. Yeah. She was, is she Syrian or? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm not really sure, but uh, she also works for many organizations. Mm -hmm. and, and, and is in touch. Yeah, yeah with, exactly. With so she's there from that mm. more physical more real, I'm going to say, side. Yeah, the webinar got a bit heated. Like, yeah. That's not, like, you should all watch it. It was really good. Um, but you have like, just these different perspectives. So you have someone who's really far removed from the situation and who's speaking from a government standpoint and a policymaking standpoint. And, yes, and, and a, a positive trying to solve the problem, trying to make things better standpoint. And then someone who actually lived the experience of being a refugee. Um, how do we reach out to all of these different perspectives. How do we really truly understand a situation, whether we're a Russian soldier, whether we're a, you know, a kid in school, in class? It's just so difficult to have all the different perspectives and to, and to understand what's really happening. I mean, I think that a lot of us, especially living in as much as the media might try to say these, you know, oh, the, the Ukrainians, they're, they're just like us, they look like us. 
Europe, you know, countries like France, Italy, uh, the UK, they, they are not all they're white so, countries. They're so diverse. <laughs> they are not all white countries at all, like not even close. And so, you know, we are in a unique position where we can actually talk to to Ukrainians who live here. We can talk to Russians who live here. We can talk to um, uh, just the diverse populations of our countries, you know? Um, I mean, are we in a bubble sometimes? Absolutely. Does that mean that you can't get out of it? No, not really. No. And so I think that a big step forward is kind of talking to people and kind of finding out their perspectives and finding out why people think that way. Finding out, you know, I mean, like Victoria said, there's really, Ukrainians and Russians and people here do have a unique advantage in that, you know, we have access to media that kind of shows a more global perspective. But, um, you know, these opinions are, are, are still held, you know, whether it's because they have family in Russia or all, all of these aspects, you know, there are strong opinions, there are strong perspectives. And I think it's really important to hear those out, even if it's not to change your mind. You know, we're just, it's we're just to understand. It's too easy to only listen to people who have the same thing to say than you. People from these countries are not a monolith. You're not gonna have the same opinion of every Russian. You're not gonna have the same opinion of every Ukrainian. It's it varies obviously because if everybody was the same, life would be very boring. So, and it's very easy to get stuck in these bubbles, especially like with social media. You know, social media is designed Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Oh, it's a pipeline. It's a pipeline, but it's also an algorithm. If you are only ever looking at one side, if you are only ever looking at BBC or if you're only ever looking at the Ukrainian side, that's all you're going to see because that's all they're going to push. And But that also kind of reflects life and the way life works. You know, it's an algorithm designed that way for a reason. I mean, that's what the media does. The media, if, if what people are interested in is what gets pushed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So should we, I mean, we're almost, we're almost out of time here. End our discussion a little bit. You have a lot of interesting things coming up, Victoria, so why don't you tell us about how we are, because we are going to be able to get a little, not Ukrainian perspective, not Russian perspective, but refugee perspective, and tell us how that's going to happen. Yes, so um, (laughs) Wednesday the 16th, um, we are going to have a guest speaker here at ISB, Mr. Gulali Pasterle, who um, became a refugee at 12 years old. He has an amazing story to tell, filled with all different types of emotions, and and he will be talking about that, but also about the importance of helping. And, and he also wrote a book, actually, which uh, I'm hoping we, we could bring to our school libraries. Um, and I feel like it's such an important person um, and a perspective to have, uh, especially at, at this time. Um, I also saw that there's some donation boxes. Yes. Yeah, oh, yes. we are also organizing donations for Ukrainian refugees. Uh, we're partnering with the Mary of the 16th. So if you'd like to learn more about that, we have uh, all the important informations on um, our website and our Instagram page with all the items we're looking for. What's um, your Instagram handle? Desprit de Corps Project. How do you spell that? Uh, E-S-P-R-I-T-D-E. C-O-R-P-S-P-R-O-G-E-C-T. In our description down below. <laughs> also, just if um, if any of you maybe aren't at ISP or are want to get involved in other ways as well, uh, you know, donations to the Red Cross are obviously all, always welcome. Also, um, donating blood in this uh, situation, if you're of age to do that. Um, I know that the, the Red Cross are, are looking for that right now. Um, um, different NGOs have projects running to assist Ukraine. To Amnesty International definitely. is always a good uh, destination to kind of uh, point your donations to. It's pretty easy to find. Uh, just make sure you definitely look into the 
organizations that you're donating to make sure they're reputable exactly Uh, make sure you're donating what's actually needed i've i've heard a lot of what's needed and what's not we are looking for uh, anything ranging from dried goods and and canned goods as uh when it comes to food but most importantly we want people donating um items that are harder to find um right now even in poland uh bandages and compresses are sold out everywhere so it's important that we keep in mind that this is something they really really need um but also other a bit harder to to get items such as uh, baby formula um, diapers uh, feminine products all of that is very necessary um, so I think we should focus more on that rather than, than food because we already have a lot of that already. Uh, when it comes to clothing, I feel like it's it's a very vague sort of topic. People can be donating just random clothes that um, are not suitable for the weather or are just not necessary. There are amazing thrift stores here in Paris if you'd like to donate your clothes or even just refugees in Paris who need those. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's something that Ukrainian refugees need at the moment, but rather sleeping bags, sleeping mats, um, and and stuff along those lines. And if you want to find out more about what you can donate and how you can donate it, make sure you check out the Esprit Decor Instagram page that will be linked in our bio. Um, And so I participated in a march yesterday where there was a very obvious uh, message of peace, no war, Um, And then also, which I I didn't expect, and I I think it probably is because of what's happening in the world, there was a lot of um, talk about and speeches about there's actually a migrant uh, worker, female worker who was there to to speak. And really her, her message was, we came here, we work here, we live here. Why are we illegal? What what is this what what does this illegal even like how can you someone be illegal what does that even mean how is a, how is a human being illegal anyway so so the message behind the whole thing was you know how can we make sure that these people are that they have valid working papers that they're allowed to stay that they're they're not outcasts and, and treated differently because they're migrant workers so that so that was the the feeling of of the crowd yesterday what is actually happening happening in France in terms of how refugees are treated. Well, um, many refugees end up on the streets simply just because um, there's so many of them and, and they don't get the proper treatment. And even in, in the project I briefly mentioned uh, earlier, which I, I did um, in my French immersion class, we sort of uh, talked about the topic of how even the police takes away tens of refugees during winter time. So it's extremely unfair, um, it's bad, um, and getting papers, is, it's also very, very hard. Um, but I still think that it's, it's incredible that um, refugees are allowed to come here. Mm. Um, just briefly stating that in Poland, there are like no refugees, mm. uh, especially not like Afghan <laughs> refugees, right? Okay. right? So, so despite the treatment, which is of course something um, we have to improve and we have to talk about and, and fight for, it's still great that they're able to come here. Okay. And, and our guest speaker will talk about his experience in yeah. France, probably. In he... France and <laughs> in, in so many yeah. uh, countries in Europe that he traveled yeah. um, through. Yeah, so he'll give us a really good idea of yeah. what actually happened <laughs> when he got here. And on that note, I think we're going to have to wrap up today. Thank you so much, Victoria, for being here. Thank you so much for having me.
and we hope that you might have learned something from us rambling at each other. You know, it's always fun. <laughs> As always, make sure you check out our Instagram at Unjustice Group, our website www.unjusticegroup.com, our Facebook, Twitter, all of that, where you can find out more information where we will be posting more. Check out our link tree for ways to help Ukraine and Ukrainian refugees. Check out the Esprit de Course project on Instagram and their website. And all of that will be linked in the description below. And until next time, bye! Bye! bye.